0: Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. I'm Paul Faulkner, the Chamber Chief Executive, and in this episode we're in conversation with Tina Swanee, the Chief Executive of Birmingham St Mary's Hospice. We'll be talking about how the hospice is marking 40 years of care this year and how it's going to be gearing up for the next 40 years. So Tina, you're celebrating 40 years of care, as I just mentioned, so can you just start by telling us a little bit about the hospice's journey?
1: Oh, it's been a revolutionary journey. Birmingham St Mary's Hospice was the first hospice in the Midlands and indeed the seventh in the country. So to think that the idea of setting up a hospice was the thought of a nurse working at the General Hospice is absolutely inspirational. And for the next forty years, we need to be as revolutionary now as our founder was forty years ago.
0: So you were, you know, truly sort of trailblazers then here in in the West Midlands that you call home.
1: Absolutely, and as a trailblazer, others followed. So Birmingham St Mary's Hospice initially intended to provide the care for the whole of the Midlands. Right. But the plans had to change because the founders couldn't afford that. Yeah. And I think the outcome was better because other hospices followed.
0: And it's a very close network, isn't it? It well is a very
1: very close network and across the Midlands um we we work together to look at how we can have a greater impact on our whole area together.
0: And you know, I know it's uh, there's many many challenges that that the sector Sort of faces, and while you know you're proudly celebrating the the history and longevity, um, you know it, it's really important, isn't it, to remind people that the demand for hospice care is growing at an ever increasing pace at the moment.
1: It is the de- the demand on health and social care yeah. is growing faster then we have the workforce capacity and the funding to meet it. And hospices are right in the middle of that picture. So when you think about the number of people who are living longer, which is a great celebration, we're all living longer. Many of us will live longer, up into our 80s, 90s. My grandson, who was born um, a year ago, has a one in three chance of celebrating his 100th birthday. Wow. And I really hope and want him to live well till he's hundred. There's more of us living longer with a number of conditions, whether it's organ failure, whether it's neurological disease, whether it's dementia, whether it's cancer. Now, there isn't such a thing, really, as a terminal illness because people live longer with a mix of conditions. However, these are the conditions that hospice care can support. And in Birmingham, we have a particular challenge. Out of everyone that lives out their lives... 50% 50% of people that die in Birmingham do so in hospital, whereas they'd much rather be cared for in the comfort of their own homes. Now, when the hospice is involved, yeah. it's a very different story. More people are able to be cared for and live out their lives in their own home environment. As they would wish. As they, their they would wish. Yeah. Because most of our care is, and this might surprise people, most of our care is about helping people live better with their illness, in their own homes.
0: And has that changed in, in recent times then? Have you sort of seen that that change in terms of the the core service in a way or the core, you know that the, the hospice is, is providing?
1: I think this is where your members can help. Yeah. It's really this message. Monica Pierce, who was our founder forty years ago, revolutionized, revolutionized what was at the time care of the dying which sounds very impersonal and it's 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 really supposing that dying isn't part of life yeah and you can't shy
0: away from that no no and and
1: and we we have an expertise about supporting people through death and dying however she revolutionized that concept into living the best possible yeah full potential of life with illness and even today We haven't really got that message across, that hospice care is more about living better with illness, closer to the comfort of your own home, with the people who matter to you most being supported during that journey.
0: So it is sort of turning it into a a positive, if you like, isn't it, and removing any fear that people may have around the word hospice, because it's a, a sort of misconception of, What it does, but as you say, that that message is something that
1: hospice is for living, yeah, yeah, as much as right at the end of life, it can support people during dying.
0: That's certainly one of the things we're hoping that everyone listening today they're going to sort of take away. And if you didn't know that already, then you know it will be imprinted on your mind and start to look at at what, you know obviously St Mary's but the hospice movement in general is doing and ways people can help and, and support and give you the the additional support that I know that, that you're constantly seeking at the moment.
1: Yes, and it's it's having the, the, the courage. So some people, some communities are very good about having conversations about what would matter most to them at the end of life and it's encouraging those conversations yeah. because if you have those conversations when you're well one you live your life differently and also if your condition changes or you become ill or you might lose capacity to make decisions, you've already made it known as to how you would be t- wanted to be treated later in life. It is thinking ahead, isn't it? Planning it. ahead. It and is. It's thinking ahead conversations. And again, your members will be able to encourage that in the workplace, yeah. within communities, because that makes a fundamental difference to how people access care.
0: It is important, I think, and businesses can play that role. We spend so much time at work and, and you need the... Supportive environment in a business to encourage people to be open-minded and to think and to have these conversations as well and um, I mean I was going to ask in terms of St Mary's you know I mean give us some of those examples of what what you've been doing in, in recent times to provide um, you know, a better experience for those people who, who do use your services
1: we, we've really had to look hard at what we do um most of our funding comes from people like corporates yeah. um and and donors um uh, we cost 8.3 million pounds to run wow. every, every year, single year every single year um really in order to meet this year's demand we could do with another two million pounds because we can't we don't have that capacity so three years ago we recognized that the demand for hospice care is growing so we've transformed a number of our services we now have four satellite clinics in GP surgeries so that our nurses that visit people in their own homes, it gives a choice for people to see a hospice nurse or a hospice doctor or an occupational therapist in their own doctor surgery, in a place that's for so You're less restricted
0: them. by your own bricks and mortar and yes. all of the, the sort of fixed costs that come with that. And yes, and if, to, if
1: somebody doesn't yeah. is well enough to go to their GP surgery and they don't actually want someone visiting them at home, they've got that option. So I would say about ten percent of the work in our community will now be through our satellite clinics. And do you see and GP that that surgeries. growing? Is
0: that going to be a model which will only sort of um, yeah, sort of gather momentum going forward. You think?
1: We we see that um, uh, the hospice care in um, a greater range of settings, both has that educational impact, and so we we're a teaching hospice. Mm-hmm. Last year we educated one 000, well t- over two thousand health and social care professionals. So we're trying to get greater capacity for good palliative care, and palliative okay. care means responding to the person as a whole person, listening to what matters most and really being able to alleviate distressing symptoms Yeah. Um, and focus on the practical. So another uh, choice that we offer is our family and carer support team. And the difference that that can make, because we have palliative care social workers in that team, can be the difference between someone going into poverty yeah. or being able to remain housed in their own home. That's a fundamental difference, so if somebody is going through an illness Absolutely. that's one of the things that can push
0: somebody right into poverty that's critical, isn't it, in terms of just society as a whole and it's a looking far beyond what people might expect yes. you're doing at a hospice, and I suppose the must place a lot of um say demands on the staff, but they're clearly a uh, um a multi uh, talented experienced group that you've got working for. we
1: have very experienced staff right from our volunteers who many of whom have been through our services they've had a family member cared for okay. so they give back to us right. through volunteering we have um corporate supporters so because we're our charity of the year yeah. they will fund us um um through just having fun in the workplace and that's critical um, isn't it and it anyone is.
0: listening who wants to find out more there's plenty of ways that that they can reach and, you i know we
1: we love our birmingham corporate yes um and and also it's it's very much about um us working Really, as well as a provider of very high-quality care Mm. through our doctors, nurses, physiotherapists, social workers, volunteers, it's also about us working with other professionals because end-of-life care, palliative care, um, threads through hospital care, GP care, district nurses. So because of that, we are also developing plans together across the health and social care system yeah. in Birmingham and Selly. a bigger Hall. piece of mapping yeah, going on, isn't so there, I'm is... I'm leading on, on that piece of work with um, you know local medical consultants and, and cl- clinicians. So it, it's it's also inspiring that the, the health and social care leaders of Birmingham
0: yeah. are
1: putting hospice and palliative care leaders in charge of those plans
0: Shows how critical, I suppose, the role is. I know that's an incredibly complex piece of work, but it feels like absolutely the right way forward because of the... Um There's got to be a collegiate approach. There has to be,
1: and it's to really make sure that care around an individual is well coordinated. So whoever is employing the team that's supporting someone, we're acting as one team. Yes. We're removing duplication and we're looking at filling those gaps so that if someone's diagnosed with an illness that they know isn't going to go away, then they know where they can turn to. They don't have... What somebody said was the two loneliest weeks of my life, where even my GP was afraid to refer me to a hospice yeah. because he thought I'd be angry. Um,
0: and at that time, it's imperative, yes. isn't it, that the that the system is joined up yes. so that the, that the, the the individuals, the people, you know, get the the best care and support. At those critical times, uh, and as you said, it has big social impacts as well
1: absolutely, and that referring GPS know that the word hospice yeah. doesn't mean death, yes because many what's changing is that more people are referred to us earlier on in their diagnosis yeah and and with a condition that they may live with several years with, so they'll dip in and out of our services, yeah might come onto our inpatient unit for some pain management or symptom management,, yeah. and then go home feeling better and better able to manage their symptoms. And
0: that's a critical message. One of the yes. reasons we're, we're sat yes. here today talking, isn't it? We really want to sort of push that and encourage um, people to sort of understand how you know, hospices have evolved. And as you, you sort of already sort of said really, it's now about allowing people to sort of live the full potential.
1: Yes, and we're, we're delivering education in care homes to enable a lot of people are living out their lives in mm. care homes. So we want to make sure that care home staff are well equipped to support people right at the end of life.
0: And, and we've touched on you know, the amazing sort of staff and volunteers that that you have at the hospice. From a, you're running an organisation, you're running a business. I mean, how how difficult is it to to retain? good staff and you know what do you do in particular to sort of ensure that that you're an employer of choice
1: well we we did um a recent interview of some of you know a number of our staff um and we also whole have uh, regular staff surveys um the, the most recent staff survey demonstrated... We, we actually got an award from um, Agenda Consulting for staff engagement. OK. So we, we keep um, our staff engaged in change because it's a turbulent world out there. We're a charity, so we want them to be aware of some of the challenges that we're facing and being part of those solutions. Um, so we, we engage our staff. And how do you
0: do that? Do you know?
1: sort um, of, sort of... We, lots of different ways. We might have um, what we call mini-conferences yeah. because we've got a lot of shift workers. So I might run mi- mini-conferences across a whole month. Okay. Um, as so ways of reaching ways them all reaching and getting, getting in front the whole, of them all. Yeah. The whole workforce, as many staff and volunteers as possible then, are able to attend, engage, think about solutions for the future. And we use those ideas in our... Uh, long-term and operational plans. Got you. The other thing we do is um, look after people's well-being. So we run resilience workshops, um, look at uh, positive thinking workshops as well. And as well as that, the the clinical teams, the work is very physically and emotionally demanding. So we provide them with um, therapy support and case reviews so that they can reflect and learn from difficult... Um, and challenging situations. Um, the other thing that that, that we do is a, is take seriously the fact we're an employer of a very diverse workforce. Right. So we've won. A, we've got the uh, Div- investors in diversity level two award. I okay. think we're the only hospice in the country yeah. that has this award. But it is about celebrating with staff, um, you know, the, the cultural celebrations, yeah. making sure that we are seen as a welcoming place in this diverse and, community. And, and you
0: know, by the very nature of what you do, you're a caring place, and I suppose you know, you're absolutely critical that that the staff feel cared for as well, and it's, uh, there's some brilliant examples of best practice there you know, for, for all businesses. To... Yeah, and
1: it's really, really challenging because we know there is more demand than we, can, we yeah. can respond to. So whilst it's great that those that we have contact with have a better experience as they're reaching the end of life, um, we know that there are still too many people dying alone, there are too many people who are receiving care too late. Yeah. And that's why it's really important for us not only to work across health and social care um, to embed our type of care into other settings and professional practice, but also raising the, the, the funds to, yes. to be able to transform the way we work, so we 're working in partnership with another hospice to look at um, citywide hospice care at home mm-hmm. um, with the aspiration of having one number so that it 's much easier for people to know when, who to you're call, when you 're picking up the phone the phone and we 're saying you know we can work much much better together. Um, we have a strong working relationship with the universities, so we yep. deliver teaching alongside universities, we have a research partnership with University of Birmingham so that we are keeping at the forefront of palliative care, so we're keeping things moving forward for the next 40 years.
0: No, I and mean, I, was, I was going to say, you know, as you celebrate these milestones, I know that you know, you're very much looking forward rather than backwards and, um, you know, are there other ways that you're gearing up for the next 40 years? What do you sort of see being the, the biggest challenges and, and, I guess, opportunities
1: I think it's really always remembering that whatever we're planning, there is an individual
0: mm.
1: in the middle of this. Yeah. There is an individual that may have had very bad news that they've got an illness that isn't going to go away, and that illness um, will mean that their life expectancy mm. has changed. Mm. And that, that individual may be someone who's living alone or it may be someone whose family is very much affected by that. Yeah. So what is really important is that we work to support the resilience, the independence and the dignity of every single individual. Because the more that we can support that independence, the less reliant people are on our support. And particularly drawing on the expertise that is within our local communities Local communities can be really supportive. And so we're trying to spread that message across Birmingham. So Birmingham becomes a compassionate community where everybody at the end of life is a priority, whether you're a business leader, whether you're a member of community, that the way society treats people as they reach the end of their lives... Becomes a testament to the way that society behaves, and what an amazing thing if you can make a big shift from crime to compassion.
0: Absolutely, and what a thing Sandy... to strive for, isn't it? Yeah. Eh? You know, and I mean, we know it's a it's a brilliant city, it's a brilliant region. There's so many amazing people doing wonderful things, but there's an awful lot to be done. But I mean, I, I love the 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 passion. I love the ethos. That, that that you have and that the sort of radiates out of the uh, the hospice. It's fantastic to hear about how you're embedded right at the heart of the the broader plans um, here in the city and the region. And I think probably you know just to to wrap up, I suppose it's to reiterate that that in order to allow you and the team and and um, and peers to do the amazing work, then the you know, very real appeal is for people to step forward and. And support, and you know, we'll make sure again. Anyone who's who's listening, there'll be lots of links that you can follow, both to you know, to, to St Mary's, to find out more, and as ways you, that as businesses or individuals, you can get behind and support the hospice. And I,
1: and I think coming up is 10th of July is a big day. It's when the hospice was officially opened right. by royalty. So um we're doing what's called a Go Pink Day. Okay. So you know, if your members want to go pink, remember the 10th of Ju- July. Any donations that come fly. Flying in through the door, yes. on the phone lines, or through our links on our website, um, BirminghamHospice.org.uk. Um, go pink, celebrate with us. Make pink cupcakes. Celebrate with your families. Celebrate at work, because that's one way that that organisations can really raise the profile and the funding for this important work.
0: Thank you for listening to the Chamber podcast. To hear more episodes find us on apple podcasts spotify and audio boom or go to the latest news section of www.greaterbirminghamchambers.com